Live from Miami, Florida, thefoodie.com presents WTF, Where's the Food? With your host, Nick. And we are here once again. What's going on? This is episode number 12 of WTF, Where's the Food? And this is a special edition, a special Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival edition of WTF, Where's the Food? And of course, the Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival is taking place December 14th through the 17th in the Palm Beaches, year number 11. Of course, you can follow along with the show at The Foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that fun stuff. Also, you got a great blog. You should check it out sometime, thefoodie.com, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E.com. Big show. Uh, let's run it down real quick. Giorgio Rapicavoli. From Eating House and Glass and Vine down in Coral Gables and Coconut Grove. We're going to talk to him about his restaurants. Also, uh, how his experience was on winning Chopped. He was the first Miami contestant to uh, actually win Chopped. Uh, What new concept he has up his sleeve. If he's ever thought about not becoming a chef and becoming a professional hockey player. And how he plans to win this year's street food event at the Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival. Then we're going to do some food news. I got some food news on In-N-Out. Applebee's, SodaStream, and more. Also, the food porn of the week. And, of course, the cocktail of the week brought to you by our friends over at Spirit in Miami. And last but not least, Mark Murphy. You know him from Food Network. He is going to be at the Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival. We're going to talk to him about his current gig, Judging Chopped. Also, what's next for Mark in 2018, if he has any plans at opening any restaurants in other areas besides New York, and what we could expect from him at this year's Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival. We got a big show. It is a great one. So uh, what do you say? Let's jump into my conversation right now with Giorgio Rappacavoli. Giorgio, what's going on? Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much. What's going on, brother? I'm doing great. So before we get started, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. All right. Um, Giorgio Rappicavoli. I'm born and raised in Miami. Very proud Miami. 305. That's right. Till I die. (laughs) Um, Chef owner of Eating House. I've been doing that for a little over five years now. Actually, yeah, about five years. Okay. And uh, also chef owner of Glass and Vine and Coconut Grove. Uh, that's been open almost two years now. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, it's been great, you know, just trying to do something in the food scene here in the city, and it's always been a dream of mine. Did you always want to own restaurants and be a chef when you were younger? For sure. For sure. That was always my plan. I always knew I wanted to just do my own thing. I never went to Europe to work under anybody. I never <laughs> wanted to pick the brain of some famous chef. I just kind of wanted to learn how to be a chef, how to run restaurants. Uh-huh. Uh, I would say I grew up in the restaurant industry uh, at this restaurant called Chispa. Mm-hmm. That used to be here in Miami. It's a super big restaurant in Coral Gables. Um, and we were it was just a monstrosity of the restaurant. And I really learned how to run a restaurant there. I learned from my chefs how to operate an establishment, which was great. And it was awesome because I learned how to be a chef from them. And then I always just kind of thought for myself. And I always wanted to do my own food. And You've kind of been in the restaurant game for... For years now, you're still young. Yeah, but you've been doing this at, at such a young age. For sure, um, I'm 32 now. I've probably been cooking professionally for over 16 years, 17 years. Wow, long time. Um, but it's always it's always been my thing. You know, I was very fortunate to be raised in a very food centric household. My mom uh, is the first one of her family to move over from Italy, so we okay. very traditional Italian household. My dad's from Argentina. So I got the best of both wow. worlds. I grew up in Miami, which was just so cultural. <laughs> melting you know? pot. Yeah, exactly. Huge melting pot. And I think that really 
really influences the food at the, at the restaurant. You know, I think when sometimes people ask us what kind of food we make, we jokingly, well, we kind of take it serious, but we say like South Floridian or we say Miami <laughs> cuisine because... You're like, what? Yeah, you know, there's just so many cultures here. You know, one day you can have El Salvadorian, then you can have Nigerian, Japanese, mm-hmm. Ethiopian... You know, it, it, we've got everybody here. We've got the, we've got especially a huge South American population, but there's so many styles of food and so many different flavors in this city that we try to really capture that at the restaurant. Now, before Eating House came around, you were on Chopped, right? Yes. So uh, I went on Chopped. I was the first. It was Miami, season one, right? I don't know what season, honestly. But you were the first Miami first chef. First Miami to be... chef to win. Okay. Uh, there had been some other that had gone before me, but they didn't go know, through. They didn't didn't go through. I was the first one to win, and I was like, I know I need to do something with this. So I was working at this hotel on South Beach called the Anglers, uh-huh. a small boutique hotel, which Still was around. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that was amazing. They just gave me an amazing opportunity. I was young. I was like 22 years old. And I said, let me just trust me with your hotel. And they did, you know, and they let me cook the food I wanted to cook. And it was great. And I really learned a lot about myself and running the restaurant. Uh, That was four years, almost three, four years. And then I got the call to be on Chopped. I knew I was going to win and I saw the schedule coming out. So you knew you were going to win going into it. I mean, I, I thought so. <laughs> that was the plan, you know, obviously. Um, but as soon as I saw the scheduling come on, I saw other people from Miami, you know, they didn't go through. I realized I was going to be the first one to win, and I knew I needed to do something. Um, and right around that time, the couple months before Chop came out, mm-hmm. there was this, like, pop-up restaurant phenomenon happening mm-hmm. around yep. the country, you know? Um there was this restaurant called Fukia, which was the first pop-up we had mm-hmm. here in Miami, which is now a full established brick and mortar, mm-hmm. kind of just like the eating house store, yeah. which is very good. Um, and then there was nothing going on in the city. Uh, and we decided to op- open a pop-up restaurant that like aired two, three days after the Chopped came out on TV. And we just went full throttle. Um, and which was really cool because Broken Shaker was happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. So there was like pop-up bar, pop-up restaurant. You were like one of the original pop-ups, I would say, in the Yeah, city. for sure. Um, it was definitely more of, a, of an actual restaurant. You know, we were mm-hmm. very fortunate to find this place, Cafe Ponce, that was open for breakfast and lunch. And then we convinced them to, to let, let us, you open for dinner. Let, let me open for dinner. We split the rent. It was crazy. You know, put up the art every single night, unscrewing light bulbs. So you had to change everything every yeah, day. Yeah, for sure. We would get on chairs and unscrew light bulbs because there were no dimmers in the restaurant, right? So we would have to like strategically unscrew light bulbs to wow. set the mood. Uh, but it was awesome, man. How yeah. about like kitchen equipment? You had to bring in every night? We or? would bring in our own stuff. Uh, we would go to the grocery store, Publix, represent, <laughs> uh, every single day. Every single day before work, we would go to the grocery store. That's crazy. Yeah, man. And, and buy like our essentials. We had to buy flour, sugar, right? because we had no deliveries. We, could, wow. we didn't have room because it was their restaurant. So we had to buy what we were going to use for, for the that night. day. Oh, wow. Crazy. crazy. That's yeah. amazing, though. Yeah. Um, how was your experience on Chopped, by the way? Oh, Chopped was super fun. You know, I've gotten to go back a couple times and it's been great. I've gotten to judge, judge the kids. It's, it's cool. Do it's you re- feel different as a judge? Like, for sure, for sure. Especially, I like judging more than I like competing. I mean, obviously, you get the good, you know, you get to sit down and relax and none of the pressure. And But competing is super fun, and it's, it's always good to go, go back in that environment and get to cook and, and see, you know, the, the crew. And it's cool because over time, as you go by, you kind of make friends with the crew and the producers. Yeah. And it's nice to see them and, and, and always a good time to get to represent Miami on a national scale. You know, that's always something important to me. Yeah, is this as intense as it shows on TV? It's pretty intense. You know, I, I try to just on the show make what I know is going to be good and I know is successful and I don't try to like reinvent the wheel. Uh-huh. Um, but it's pretty tense, you know, especially when there's like, you know, 
I saw a, a f- super funny meme that's like, you mean to tell me Food Network can't buy two ice cream makers for chop? You know, it's like, <laughs> come on. You know, they, they love drama. So it's a little intense sometimes, you know, when, when let's say someone, you want to use butter and one person has, what do you do? You know, yeah. you got to adapt and improvise. And, you know, I remember when I was on there, I did tacos, but the person next to me took the taco shells and they were only like the giant flour tortillas. So I had to get a ring mold and cut them to make mm-hmm. them small. And it's cool. You know, you got to think on your feet and that's what the show is all about. And I think that's why people love it because it's pretty, it's very genuine. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like addicting. It's uh, it's kind of potato chip TV in a way, but it's yeah, not, but it's cool. And, and at the end of the day, you get to see people be creative and maybe people learn from the show as well, you know, and it's, it's always nice, you know. Or you get to see people from the city you live in. Yeah, like, that's you know, great too. Some yeah. people might watch you, be like, "I didn't even know this guy was For from sure. Miami and had a 100%. restaurant down here." And I still, you know, five years later, still talk about Chopped every single day. You know, and somebody I asked bet. me about it, and that people love it, and kids love it, and it's really cool. It's really cool, and it, you know, it's always nice to see. I feel like people being creative on TV. It's always mm-hmm. kind of like an inspiring thing. I feel like you know, whether it was like you know, Project Runway or the show about haircuts, just something cool to see people be creative and, and make art and, and do something that's fun and interesting. And so I think it's always going to captivate people. Have you th- ever thought about going on Top Chef? Top Chef is tricky. You know, you got to be away from the restaurant for a very long mm-hmm. time. It's like if you go all the way, I mean, it's a couple months, it's a couple months, you know, and that's a long time to be away, you know, from family and my wife and my puppy <laughs> and the restaurant and, you know, the crew. And, you know, we're very hands on. I, You know, my business partner and I, Alex, we're the ones that opened up Eating House. And it's mm-hmm. like, I'm chef. He's GM. We're still in there expediting and running food to tables. And we're still very involved. If the, you know, if a mm-hmm. toilet clogs, we're the one getting the plunger <laughs> out there. So to be away from the restaurants for that long, it's kind of kind of intense. You intense. Know? And I, I also think about like. I don't know if I want to necessarily be like just the food competition guy, guy you know. Like, I guess, but I feel like some people consider Top Chef, you know, like the highest of the yeah, high in, for in sure. reality TV shows. For sure, absolutely. But it's just, it's a little intense and it's a long time being away and mm-hmm. I've done the TV thing and I've been very fortunate with Chop to get to go back, like I said, and judge and be on it constantly. And it's like, you know, I get to be on chopped or on tv what once twice three times a year and they repeat it all the time and they repeat it all the time and it's like that's amazing publicity you yeah, know and 100%. it's 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 great um so i don't know i mean maybe if it were like <laughs> a one week top chef or something you know like just like an online battle i would do but so know, you open eating house uh yeah. the pop-up that became permanent and then you open glass and vine glass and vine. last year right or two years ago uh, two years ago. Two years yeah, ago. Almost two years ago. Now, are there plans for an eating house, another eating house, or a different kind of restaurant? Uh, yeah, you know, for sure, absolutely. I have tons of ideas. You know, I would love to open up like an Argentinian. You know, food halls are the trend now. So, That's would the you big deal? Would you, you know, consider putting a restaurant in there, or even like an eating house, a small? Yeah, yeah. You know, the food halls are, are great ideas. You know, and but it just seems like we're going from like zero to like six thousand. Know. You know, it's like we're gonna go from having no food halls to, to like five, like or five six, or yeah. six food halls. That's a lot, and it's it's very overly saturated, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I also, I, I like I like Core Gables, you know. I like I like that area. I like South Miami. Mm-hmm. I like Westchester. I like being down south, you know. And I feel like all these food halls are like Wynwood, Design District, the Beach. And I'm yeah, like, no one goes to where people actually live. I know that's what I'm saying. Like I'm <laughs> like I'm, I like Miami, you know. I like South Miami. I like being in that area. Um, so yeah, I would love to open up like an Italian concept, Argentine concept would be awesome. Uh, something obviously like fast casual would be great. Burger spot has your Burger, name on it. You know, like a Cuban version of Chipotle. There you go. You know, something like that. <laughs> um, just all types of kind of creative outlets I think would be really cool. And, you know, we, we uh, 
who knows maybe even like furthermore you know i've always been interested in like designing i yeah. love clothing and like aprons and i, I just well you you also at i don't even know how many you had a bar at some point oh yeah we did a pop-up bar that was cool too called drinking room would you ever consider absolutely 100 percent. one day we would love to bring drinking room back and and open it up as like a full full-on bar so if anybody out there has two hundred thousand dollars <laughs> they just want to give us for a liquor license you let me know but it's a little expensive especially like you know, like I said, Alex is my business partner, and it's like we we don't owe money, we don't have any investors. Yeah. We, it's just him and I. Like every bill, every plate that breaks, which is awesome. Yeah, every plate that breaks comes out of our pocket, but then every cent comes to us too. You know, and it's cool. And I, you know, that's my best friend, my best man, my brother, my homie. We live together. We worked. To, we met at Chispa. Wow, you know, that's like, awesome. It's crazy. Yeah, like I was a line cook doing ceviches and salads, and he was a, a server. You know, I kind of grew up on the line, became lead line cook. He became captain. He was assistant manager when I was a sous chef. And we just kind of grew up together, eventually became roommates. And we all quit our jobs, like hotel jobs. He was at the Clevelander, you know, with like health insurance. Yeah. And we just said, fuck it. Let's go. let's <laughs> open up a pop-up restaurant. Let's do it. And we both gave up everything and just ran for it. And still and look to this you day. And to this day, yeah, for sure. And it's amazing. Like, super great like we hold it down like i'm gonna go to italy for a couple weeks he holds on the restaurant he's gonna go to iceland i hold on and it's like nice to not have to say no you know yeah. that we can do these things and we can enjoy the fruits of our labor mm -hmm. i think you know it was always something very important to us is, was like this quality of life i think yeah 100 some you know, people are stuck in the restaurant yeah it's crazy like, seven, you have no life we don't open up sunday for dinner we don't open up monday you know he gets to take sundays off and he chills with his wife and it's like it's nice that we have this like schedule where we work hard and we run a restaurant that that is we like to think, you know, a staple in the city. I would say so. Yeah, and and still get to like live a nice life and and not be con totally consumed. You know, I think that's something mm -hmm. that happens a lot with a lot of chefs. They get consumed, and I think you still have to remember that you need to have a life as well. And you know, eventually, you know, obviously we'd like to open up other restaurants. We want to open up like a. a want to open up everything. <laughs> we open up want to open up like a solely like brunch concept mm -hmm. in Denver, hopefully. Wow, expanding. Yeah, you know, we went to Denver and we noticed there was like tons of breakfast joints, uh -huh. like places that are open from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. And that's it. That's all they do. Breakfast. It's awesome. Wednesday, 11 a.m., packed for lunch. Like, it's I bet. crazy. And we were just saying, like, we'd have this super fun, interesting brunch. Like, it would be amazing to do solely. Would you think that that will work here in Miami? Mm, I don't know because I, I mean maybe but I think of the locations right it has to be on the location right the thing it was just so strange in Denver it was like something people do they just go to breakfast it was like yeah. totally fascinating there were like five six different restaurants one called snooze one called syrup one it just <laughs> and they were breakfast and lunch joints that just serve pancakes all day long and I, was like, I mean there's nothing wrong with that I nothing that. wrong at all and I was like man this would be amazing and like we have this awesome little brunch and it would be so cool to run it as a full concept um, so hopefully, man. Now Miami's food scene has been changing so much. For sure. Where, where would you like to see it go next year? Oof. Um, I think, I th think we're, we're going, it seems that Miami's finally stemming away from like all these like celebrity chef restaurants mm -hmm. and like, I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, like over the years, these huge names come down here and they open up a restaurant for six months. And they're done. They're done. And then the restaurants get replaced with like local people. Mm-hmm. And now if you think about like the good restaurants in the city, you know, you think about Altair, you think about Stubborn Sea, you think mm -hmm. about, you know, Proof, you you know, you think about Lamar, they're all run by, well, Lamar's Gaston Arcurio, but you know, that's Diego that yeah, runs mm -hmm. that place. Like that's our boy, you know, and, and like all these are chef driven concepts. And I think that's going to just continue to grow where like chefs are starting to branch out and, and realize like my Prolo makes pizza, 
you know, like nice yeah. Sicilian style pizza at his at his Macalina, and he realized like, damn, this pizza's awesome. Maybe he opens up a small pizza joint, and and yeah. then as that happens, you know, people continue to realize like they have these little like nicks that they want to try out, and and maybe they become successful businesses. So like we're saying, the food halls, I think that's going to be a good idea. It's um, going to be oversaturated. It's going to be crazy. Hopefully, hopefully it works because it's giving chefs and and young entrepreneurs like an, a, yeah, a, chance a chance to get to, to do something you know, smaller cool. rent, you right. know, right? You know, so that, that's awesome. But then, like, still, it's like I, I see at the pop up trend kind of one, but like that, that was super cool. You know, it'd be awesome for more. It was. Chefs it to doesn't happen back. enough. I feel like yeah, like it hasn't happened in a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in the city. Like it'd be great if they some chef you know did it or like whatever you know like eating house is closed on Mondays. Like if somebody said like I wanted to open up a do pop up dinners at your restaurant, I'm like, I'd be totally down for that, dude. You know, yeah. it's like. It's a great idea, and I just I think that'd be fun for for more chefs to start taking chances, and it's gonna happen because the city's really backing it up, and, mm-hmm. and the city's really supporting it. You know, people are like realizing there's like chocolate, you know, like Perla Coffee Roasters, you know, yeah. the, the ones that do all my restaurants, but like they're two local dudes, one to UM, you know, they're roasters like five minutes from my house, and we and they're roasting amazing coffee in Miami, and and, and people are behind it now, yeah. you know. So that that's cool, man. There's like local honey and and local charcuterie. And I mean, there's local everything. There's local everything. But now now is when these people are people are finally starting to realize it. You know, like there's really great and delicious stuff out there that's being made and produced in this city. That's new. You know, obviously we're always gonna have, you know, coladas and croquetas. Of course, no one can replace that. That and hope no one. (laughs) Hopefully that doesn't ever get replaced. You know, because like. You, without that, there is nothing else, you know? Like, mm-hmm. there's a new place I've seen called Dos Croquetas that does, yeah, like, these cool do little delivery, uh, funky croquetas. croquetas. Mm-hmm. Right, like, that would never happen without Isla Canarias, right? Of course. Like, you know, and it's, you know, the reason that we have, like, very cool roasters, and granted, it's totally different, like, but there's always been a huge coffee culture in Miami. Mm-hmm. Now it's just trying to convince them, like, you know, try this. It's called pour over, you know? And yeah. It, it's totally different. You know, so what I think is great about Perla is that they they never start to try to get too crazy, and they realize that what it's what people want. You know, so they make roasts that work for that. So we, you know, you sometimes you get these like these coffees that are super perplexing and fruity and sour, and then you just want an amazing cup of coffee, right? Mm-hmm. So like, not only does Perla make these like crazy artisanal coffees, but then they also make a coffee for us for brunch that's like the quintessential cup of, of Joe. Coffee. You know what I okay. mean? Delicious. Properly roasted, not overly, you know, of Arabica beans, but they, they learn to adapt to to the demographic, mm-hmm. you know. So when we make like the Cuban style coffees, they make it for us. So it's, it's been great that we have these people that now want to do these things in the city because as chefs and restaurant tours, it makes it a lot easier for us when we have amazing products 100%. already coming out. The beers, you know. Like yeah. So many breweries in the city the Beer now. scene and is cool huge right now. Scene. But like how many other breweries in America are working with dragon fruit? And mango that's actually grown in the city, mm-hmm. right? Like that's super cool for us. So it's starting kind of sets us apart. Like we always have to Miami eyes everything a little bit. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like always got to throw a little mango yeah. and passion fruit in it. Something, something. You know, like that's us. But without these amazing like foundations that we have in the city, like Mago and you know, all yeah, these, it wouldn't be. Well, where would we be? Right? Mm-hmm. Like it would never happen. So we're we're very. I think we're very fortunate in the city to to have. Amazing and what would you food. like for you as a chef in 2018? Oh man, um, we've been very good at eating house about reducing uh, waste. You know, okay. uh, we're using as much as we can of every part of every. Vegetable. I feel like that's a big trend coming yeah, in 2018 for sure because there's starting to become shortages. You know, mm-hmm. like tuna super overfished. So, for example, at eating house, like instead of serving tuna tiradito or raw tuna, we take watermelon and we freeze it and thaw it a couple times, and then it looks and feels just like tuna, but you're eating fruit and it's mm-hmm. totally sustainable and delicious, and you're 
still having the same dish, right? You're having like this cold yeah. flesh, right? But it's watermelon, it's not tuna. And then we cheered it like a tiradito with leche de tigre and all these things. And it's like screams Miami, but it's just got this great ethos behind it that's like waste not want not. Now, I know you're a huge hockey fan. Did you ever consider playing for a professional hockey team? Oh, man. Uh, I, I never thought I would make it, honestly. <laughs> but I played roller hockey my whole life. Uh-huh. Uh, I play roller hockey now. You know, shout out to How's my, that? Miami roller hockey. Um, it's great, man. It's like pretty much everybody that played roller hockey in the 90s in Miami is on the team. Is now 35, 40 years old <laughs> and plays roller hockey together. And we're like, I don't know, we have six, seven teams and you know, it's great. You know, I'll play tonight <laughs> and it's cool, man. It's just a great exercise. A bunch of, it's a beer league. Everybody drinks beer there after the go. games. It's just fun. And, you know, I never thought I would make it professionally, personally, uh, but yeah, I loved I loved playing hockey and it was great. For example, like I said, you know, I'm in a point in my life where I can work enough and run a restaurant and I can yeah. still say I'm going to play. I'm going to join an adult yeah. roller hockey mm-hmm. league and do it. You know. Now, when you have a day off, where do you like to eat at in Miami? Oof. Um, usually on my day off, uh, I'm eating pretty much at like my mom's house, you okay. know, or, or the in laws. But like I said, I love going classic, man. I love going to. Elatlacat, you know, and just getting like pupusas or uh-huh. we'll go to Mago, Arbiter's Hot Dogs. My love jam. Em. Love Westchester, like I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I love all that, dude. Rio Cristal. I like eating something like very comforting Miami. on the day off. Yeah. Or if not, like, if, if we're going to dinner in Houston's, man. Houston, you know, Hillstone, Houston. You can never go wrong with Houston's. Come on. Hillstone, man. whatever. Houston, it's still Houston's to us. Of course. You know, it's like so good, dude. Houston's mm-hmm. is so delicious and you go so many times and so consistent. Mm-hmm. And like, as a restaurateur and somebody who like runs it, like, it's amazing, right? Like, yeah. so you go like as a hockey fan, you go see a professional hockey team do what you love best. Mm-hmm. When you go to Houston's, you see what you love best. Like that restaurant is flawless. Yeah, it's always so clean and everybody's so elegant and the service is so good and, and it's so beautiful. The food is always delicious. How, like, how do you figure like some of the best sushi is in Houston's? And <laughs> my favorite tres leches is from you know these yeah. things shouldn't make sense. Like, you shouldn't be able to knock out like the dopest key lime pie and tres leches yeah. and make amazing Cuban coffee. And it's like. They've like they adapt, you know, and they adapt mm-hmm. to the clientele and they do it so well. I just love that place, man. I love it. I felt like when I was younger, you know, we would go for like birthdays and stuff. And yeah. I always just felt like it was so cool, you know, and it's like like an exclusive restaurant almost because yeah. it was a special occasion restaurant. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. And that place, whether you make, you know, 14,000 a year or 14 million a year, they treat you the same. Mm hmm. And that's what's amazing. You you get treated like you make fourteen million a year. You know, you like, go to any location, you treat it exactly the same. Same, you know. And it's like Palm Beach Grill up in, up in West Palm is awesome, man. They like rock Ralph Lauren uniforms. Like, oh wow, <laughs> see your sucker Ralph Lauren uniforms inside. Of you. It's just it's so it's so cool, and it's such an amazing company. And when like you, it's always full Monday nine thirty p.m. slammed mm-hmm. anytime slammed. Like, so how can you not appreciate a restaurant like that for somebody that runs restaurants? Like, mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's amazing, you know. It's like your IC is finished, is, is refilled before you can finish it, and it's like they think of everything. Yeah, and it's just that I like going there too for sure because it's I know I'm gonna like just be treated well, and, and you know you're gonna eat good food. It's not like food, a surprise for sure. when you're. There's never a surprise. It's mm-hmm. consistent. You know, we order the same thing every single time we go. Traditional salad, Caesar salad. You know, the Thai tuna roll, <laughs> coconut shrimp roll, Hawaiian ribeye, medium rare. Like, it doesn't change. You yeah. know, it's always the same thing. And you go for the food that you want to have every single time. And it's always just the same. And it's always cooked great. And, it's you know, wood-fired cooking. And it's like, it's great. You know, mm-hmm. for a restaurant to be that consistent and that full, to be rocking not gas grills, like, 
It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> For sure. It's awesome. Now, you don't do a lot of events, but you do do this great event, the Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival. It's happening December 14th through yes. 17th, and you're participating in the Grand Tasting, which is Sunday night. Yeah. And you're doing the street food street on, food. on Friday sure. night. What can we expect at the street food? For sure. Um, the street food event's going to be awesome. I've done it before. Uh-huh. It's just a really cool event. This year, we're going to do a pretty interesting take on a taco. Okay. Um, so instead of like a carne asada taco with uh-huh. like you know, raw onions on top. It's going to be the opposite. It's going to be like a cebolla, like a roasted onion, like a grilled onion mm-hmm. taco with raw beef pico de gallo on top. So it's kind of like flipping it, right? So Got instead it. of like cooked meat and raw vegetables. It's I mean, a, I could get down with that right now. Yeah, for sure. It's, <laughs> and it's cool because when you eat it, it tastes like carne asada taco, but it's totally different and it's a completely different vibe and it's fun and it'll be kind of cool to mess with people a little bit and, and you know, people walking around <laughs> in a band or lots of drinking and it's cool. Do you, you know, think I like you to, have the winning dish? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> I think it's cool. I mean, I think if you go for, if you're just appreciating a dish for its uniqueness and it's, it's, it's cool, it's delicious. Most importantly, it's delicious, right? Like that's like the most 100%. important thing is for someone to be delicious, but then to have fun with it and, and do something kind of unique and, I don't know. I've never seen that before, right? Like, I, me neither. Right? Yeah, for sure. And well, it's cool because s- the raw meat kind of looks like the tomato and the pico de gallo, and it's it's totally it's totally backwards. Messes with your head a little bit, you know. And when you're eating it, it's like a cooked meat taco, but it's not. You know? <laughs> and so you were saying be the Palm Beach. It's uh, in eleven years, and it's one of your favorite events all year. For sure, I love doing the Palm Beach food and wine. You know, I, most of the events I do are like. Usually charity related, you mm-hmm. know, no kid hungry style events. Yeah, like you're like under the radar. You yeah, don't yeah, do a yeah. lot of I events. I don't do too many crazy events because, you know, I try to be at the restaurant and, mm-hmm. you know, we have a very small staff. So it's not like I can just pull half my staff out to because, you know, room. we have three line cooks. We're a small restaurant, you mm-hmm. know, 50 seats. We can't just like kind of stem away. <laughs> um, so I, I pick and choose the events wisely that I think, you know, really represent our great events and, and have been consistent. And this Palm Beach Food and Wine is amazing. You know, it's a great clientele, great group of people, great chefs, beautiful scenery, you know, beautiful time of year. Doesn't get better than that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great event. You know, I, I would say between the clientele and the, the chefs and the caliber of chefs, I kind of come down here and, and get to work together. It was amazing. Like my first year on Palm Beach Wine Festival, I was in a, on a panel with Danielle Balud and <laughs> Michael Schwartz and Steven Strajewski and Ken Oranger. And, and they were like asking us who, you know, were like our mentors. And I was like... it was crazy you know that was amazing to me and like it was it was moderated by scott feldman who i had no idea who he was at the time and now he's my manager you know so and gets me all the great things on top and whatnot well Giorgio, thank you so much for coming on the show appreciate it and looking forward to seeing you at the palm beach food and wine Big thank you to my good friend Giorgio Rapicavoli. Make sure you check him out at this year's Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival taking place December 14th through 17th in the Palm Beaches. So make sure you check him out later this month. And of course, uh, check out his restaurants, Eating House and uh, Glass and Vine. So, how about we do some food news? Now, Cinnabon is a savage. Just want to say that Cinnabon has released a new cookie, Bond Bites. Now, they are stuffing a bite-sized cinnamon bun inside of a cookie. The cookie's cookie dough will be provided by Nashville's Christie Cookie Company, who also makes the Double Tree Hotel cookies. Now, the cookie Bond Bites are officially available and will be around for a limited time only, and you can get one right now for just $2.99 or a half dozen for $9.99. 
Now, In-N-Out is going all in on Colorado. In-N-Out is planning to open up up to 50 restaurants in Colorado and opening up a beef production facility and distribution center in Colorado Springs. Now, the distribution center is key, and one of the main reasons In-N-Out hasn't gone too far from Cali. They have a commitment to freshness, and there's no official date for the restaurant openings, but don't worry, they are coming to Colorado. Now, if you're going home for the holidays, you need to make Applebee's your first stop for the entire month of December. Check this out. You can get $1 Long Island iced teas all day long, every day for the month of December. Now, Applebee's is calling them the dollar lit and will stay pretty close to the original recipe. The chain is using vodka, gin, rum, tequila, triple sec, sweet and sour mix, and a splash of cola. Speaking of cola, SodaStream has created a new product that can turn sparkling water into wine. Their invention is called Sparkling Gold. It's an alcohol concentrate that can be added to water to transform it into a wine. They say it's like a fruity Riesling, and SodaStream claims this rivals some of the best out there in terms of flavor. An independent market study showed that 76% of tasters liked it more than Moet. What? (sighs) Well, Sparkling Gold is only available in Germany for now. And SNL Saturday Night Live is launching a set of wines. Now, SNL has partnered with Lot 18, which is a hard-to-find wine curator, to create a set of four bottles honoring some of its favorite sketches. Now, these are limited edition and features a mix of three reds and one white. Now, the bottles retail for $20 a piece, except for one of them, the Stefan edition, which will retail for $18. And that's all the food news you could use or not use. How about a word from one of my favorite sponsors, Martha of Miami? Now, if you're born and raised in Miami, just like me, then chances are you were raised on croquetas and drank cafe con leche before you could even walk, right? I mean, it's in our blood. Well, Martha of Miami has everything you need to represent your Latin pride. Her designs will have you saying, that's Miami AF. If you're from Miami, you know exactly what that means. So make sure you check out Martha of Miami today at MarthaOfMiami.com or on Instagram at MarthaOfMiami. But first... Let's have some cafecito. And I'm wearing some Martha of Miami right now, head to toe. I got the hat. I got the shirt. I even got the pin. And check this out. Here's what she did. Something special for our WTF Where's the Food listener. Check this out. You can get 15% off your order right now using the coupon code WTF. That's WTF. Get 15% off your order right now at MarthaOfMiami.com. They have some great gear. You're going to love it. If you're from Miami, you love Martha of Miami. You love her gear. So make sure you check her out, MarthaOfMiami.com, or on Instagram, MarthaOfMiami. And, of course, 15% off right now. Use the coupon code WTF. Now, this guy is a Food Network legend. He is a judge on Chopped. He also has restaurants in New York, and you can catch him at this year's Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival happening December 14th through the 17th in the Palm Beaches. Mr. Mark Murphy is joining us, so let's jump into my conversation with Mark Murphy. Hello? Mark, what's going on, dude? Good, how are you? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm I'm good. I'm just uh, you know hanging in there, ready to. Uh, I'm ready to come down to Florida. It's getting cold up here in New York. <laughs> so for people that don't know the name Mark Murphy, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a uh, first. I'm a, I'm a chef. I'm a restaurateur, and also a uh, a judge on this uh, show on the Food Network called Chopped. That's uh, that sums it up pretty quickly. <laughs> Who doesn't love Chopped? 
Well, it's amazing. A lot of people do. I walked into a place this morning. I was just walking. I was going to the dentist. I walked in. I wanted to get some oatmeal before I went to the dentist early in the morning. I was like, yeah, oatmeal. And he goes, no, but I'm a huge fan. I was like, <laughs> okay, it doesn't help me, though. I still don't have any oatmeal. But anyway, it's nice to be recognized sometimes. It's really funny. Now, you've been a judge or been a guest on a bunch of TV shows, including Chopped. Do you have a favorite show that you're constantly on or you like to judge on occasion? Well, now you're, what, are you trying to get me into trouble here? No, I just, of course not. People are going to hear about it. I can't <laughs> I mean, obviously, I love Chopped. I mean, you know, all the judges, we've been doing it together now for almost over nine years. It's kind of like a... Uh, it's like a judge fraternity. So every time we go to work, it's like we get to see who we're going to hang out with that day, and it's always a lot of fun. So that's always great. I love working with Guy Fieri, though. I go out to, his, uh, out to Santa Rosa. We go shoot a, a judge every once in a while on uh, Guy's Grocery Games. Uh-huh. It's really, really fun. And then we just shot a new one uh, that's been airing on Sundays, which is extremely fun. And it's basically we go to his ranch, and we just bring a bunch of ingredients, and we just cook a dish. And it's just, oh, that's a blast. That's awesome. But, uh, yeah, you know, there's different formats. There's the judging thing. There's just there's all sorts of stuff. I love going on Rachel Ray as well. She calls up. She shoots here in New York. So whenever they need uh, somebody to come in, I did a little leftover Thanksgiving uh, episode the other day that was a lot of fun. But, you know, whenever they whatever they need, I'm always, always available and ready to go on and try to entertain the folks. Now, when you're not on TV or in the kitchen, do you have a favorite dish to eat? No, that's, that's tough. That's tough. I've, you know, sometimes I get fixated on things. And, and right now, I've been sort of fixated on making, I know this might sound strange, but whole roasted cauliflower. Ooh. I had it at a restaurant. Jean-Georges has it at this restaurant called ABCV, and it was just amazing. And so I went home, and I tried to make it. I made it again. I've, been, I've literally, I'm kind of, I've made it so many times, my kids are sick of it by this point. But <laughs> what I've been trying to figure out is because when he roasts it, somehow it opens up more. Mine is staying closed, so I'm wondering if I got to brine it first. So anyway, I'm, it's it's I, I I take on little challenges like that, and that for me right now is what I'm uh, what I'm messing around with, so to speak. Now, when you were younger and growing up, did you always know you wanted to become a chef? Uh, no, I just knew I wanted to eat well for the rest of my life. So <laughs> then it turned out, well, wait, if I became a chef, I could eat well. So that's where I I, just, I started. It was a very selfish act to start to start to start off with. So you have a cookbook out called Season with Authority. Any plans yep. for more cookbooks? Uh, not quite yet. I mean, you know, we're always looking around, seeing if somebody wants to you know, do another one. But it, it's uh, it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work too. So um, I got the one out. You know, we're thinking about maybe getting another one off the ground, but it's just it's, it's a it's a it's a heavy lift, so to speak. I mean, I would say before you you release another one. I mean, I know you got restaurants in New York, but any any chance they can bring it to Miami or even the Palm Beach area? Well, you know, it's hard to run restaurants from far away, but it, it would be, you know, depending on the right opportunity, the right timing, the right partners, you never know. Now, Mark, you're participating at the Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival happening later this month in Palm Beach. Now, is this like one of your favorite events to participate in all year? Well, uh, it's, you know, my good friend David Saban puts this thing on and he just put, does a great job. He takes great care of us when we come down there. The, uh, the audience is great. It's great to sort of highlight that area. There's a lot of great cooking going on. You know, Danielle Boulud has a restaurant down there. and There's, uh, there's Bukan, which is a great restaurant. There's, just some, there's a lot of fun, great food down there, and obviously the weather's fantastic. We always stay at the Four Seasons. We, uh, we play volleyball. We, we, you know, we roast pigs on the beach. We, uh, we, we drink and we're merry. We have a great time, and, and it's actually considered work. So, I mean, that's not <laughs> the worst thing in the world. I mean, what? What do I get the best job in the world? Yeah, of course probably. you do. <laughs> and on Thursday night, as part of the festival, you're doing this big Italian feast, like a like a huge Italian dinner, right? 
Yeah, I'm doing Italian dinner with some other chefs. Tony from uh, I think Tony from Chicago is going to be there. We're all doing a different a uh, different course. And you know, when we all get together like that, first of all, sometimes we know each other and sometimes we don't. But it's just the whole camaraderie in the kitchen, getting together and cooking, and then making people happy while they're sitting out there eating, eating and drinking. It's it's uh, it's a great feeling. Sounds like an event you cannot miss. And you're also participating in street food on Saturday night, right? Well, I'm actually. I think I'm judging with. Oh, Jeff you're Mark, judging. So we're gonna. All I can expect is to eat too much. Is what I'm going to expect. <laughs> and last, Mark, what can we expect from you in the new year in 2018? You know what? You never know. I mean, right now in New York, I've just, uh, I've just, I've just transformed one of my restaurants that was landmark in Tribeca. I transformed it into an event space, which is going really, really well. It's just great to be able to use because there's so many places in New York to eat and drink and you know do things. But event spaces and really creating your own sort of. Uh, um, event or or just show almost you know i can go there i can do a dinner for 20 people or 40 people and really make it special and and get get like uh just great parties going on there which is really so in the new year i'm really concentrating on really making that space come to life and just doing things that are fun like you know family style dinners with either uh you know with, with, with people that want to just sort of live and have a good time like that and so far it just we just started out about a month ago and it's going really really well well, Mark, thank you for coming on the show. Truly appreciate it. And, of course, you can catch Mark Murphy from Food Network, restaurants in New York. The guy is a genius. He is the man. You can catch him at the Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival happening December 14th through the 17th in the Palm Beach area. And, of course, tickets still available for some great, great events. Mark, we look forward to seeing you later this month. I'm so excited because it's getting chilly up there. i got to get down there real quick. A big thank you to Mark Murphy. You can check him out at this year's Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival happening in the Palm Beaches, December 14th through the 17th. And now let's do the food porn of the week. This week, it comes to us from at Sam. I'm just going to spell it. I don't want to butcher it. U-R-A-I-V-A-N. And he posted a croquette madame from Bistro Papalot in Costa Mesa, California. I mean, this is drool-worthy, people. They use Black Forest ham, Gruyere cheese. They put a fried egg on it. So much cheese. Oh, my God. This is bananas. It is incredible. It is mouth-watering. And you can see it for yourself on our Instagram right now, at the foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. A big thank you to at Sam, U-R-A-I-V-A-N. I don't want to butcher it. So uh, thank you for posting that croquette, madame. It is amazing. And, of course, we also do a cocktail of the week brought to you by at Spirited Miami. This week, it is a sunny strawberry sunset from Stiltsville Fish Bar in Miami Beach. They use Absolute Elix, St. Germain, yellow chartreuse, lime, muddled strawberry, and topped with tonic. It is simple, it is beautiful, and it tastes amazing too. You got to see this for yourself. I just posted it on our Instagram, at the foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E. And the cocktail of the week is brought to you by Spirited Miami. Make sure you give them a follow. And that wraps up episode number 12. Thank you again to Giorgio and Mark for coming on the show. Make sure you check both of them out at this year's Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival. Again, it's taking place December 14th through the 17th in the Palm Beaches. This is the 11th year, so big shout-out to Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival. And, of course, you can get your tickets right now at pbfoodandwinefest.com. Thank you again for listening. WTF Words of Food is available wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We are there for you. Make sure you subscribe and download. Of course, you can follow the show 
at the foodie, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Of course, we've got a great blog too, thefoodie.com, T-H-E-F-O-O-D-E.com. This wraps up episode number 12. My name is Nick. Thank you again for listening. I truly appreciate it. I will see you guys next week for episode number 13. And always remember to hashtag never stop eating. 